the censorship is such a dangerous thing because that allows propaganda to go forth without there being any counter argument made. And as you were just pointing out, arguments and discussions are not really being had in the public realm anymore. It, we're just told what to believe and think. And if you believe something differently, then you need to be quiet. And if you're not quiet, then we're going to cut you off where you don't have a microphone. Welcome to Insights, the podcast of Forerunners of America, where we are here every time to warn the nation from a biblical perspective and to help you respond in faith. Today, we are talking about American propaganda, not other countries, not communist regimes. We're talking about right here. And what does this mean for us? biblically and as a church, as Christians and so forth. And I'm so grateful to once again have with me Lane Johnson. So Lane, welcome to Insights. Dave, glad to be back with you again today. It's a privilege. Yeah, I, I think this is our third one in 2022 that we've done together. And I just want to highlight for people that maybe haven't uh, heard those podcasts that you are... Um, a spiritual wealth of, of wisdom and discernment, and I appreciate you joining uh, me for today's topic, especially. I know this is God's really put this on your heart as well as my heart, um, but Lane, just so everybody's aware, uh, you did travel for a number of years from church to church with God's message uh, of revival for the church, revival to our own hearts, uh, as God would do a, a, a revival, a, a work in our hearts and within us corporately as the church. And how many years did you travel and do that? Our family traveled for 17 years, living in a fifth-wheel trailer, going from church to church, moving around every couple of weeks. Well, if you're going to do that with a family, moving every couple of weeks, it's got to be a calling from God. So I know it was, and I'm glad that you serve God in that way, such a unique calling. And then also, um, before that, you were a pastor, and I know you've done uh, a lot of ministry within Baptist churches, but also within a number of other denominations as you traveled and so forth. So anyway, um, you've got that that message that I, I, when I think of the scriptures, I think of prophets in your message. I think of how prophets clear the air, or clear the fog, I should say, and, uh, and they try to clear the air by people coming to repentance and brokenness over sin and turning back to God. And, and so anyway, today's topic isn't too far from that kind of a theme. And um, anyway, let's start here. So, uh, Lane, um, I don't hear hardly anybody in the church, pastors, Christians, whoever, I don't hardly hear anybody saying using this word propaganda. Um, so again, as I alluded to in the intro here, uh, we might think of that as a propaganda, like with some sort of um, totalitarian regime or Hitler or something like that. We think of propaganda. We're talking about it right here in America. But we're talking about this on a Christian podcast, so please connect the dots here. Um, how are you connecting propaganda with the scriptures, why this should matter to us as Christians? Well, as I was thinking through the subject, as you and I talked earlier this week, uh, I did a little bit of research, and it's interesting, the first time that, um, or we believe the, the beginnings of the use of that word came about in the 1600s, and it was actually in the Roman Catholic um, context when they had some cardinals uh, that were found in 1622 
and they were entitled the Congregation for the Propagation of the Faith. And so those, and it's interesting as you think about propaganda, it, its connection with propagation. So propaganda is basically propagating certain ideas or beliefs, uh, trying to convince other people of that. So in its in its original context, you know, I mean, we could talk about Catholicism uh, in different ways, but it was in a religious context for the purpose almost of evangelizing. So some people would call you and I propagandists uh, because we are trying to espouse certain beliefs and systems. Uh, and yet propaganda is very different than education. Education uh, looks at different views, trying to get to the, you know, the root issues of things, trying to look at from from a diversity of uh, viewpoints and then trying to make some conclusions of that. Propaganda basically tries to censor everything else and tries to promote um, ideas or philosophies either for their own benefit or for some positive purpose or to destroy those that are opposed to them. So you're right. And as you begin, propaganda is not a word I think I ever hear within a church context or very rarely. Uh, and for you and I, and probably most people in our generation, we think about that in words of Marxism or within World War II. And I found a quote actually this morning from uh, Hitler, who who we're most familiar with probably with propaganda, because they they began, if you remember, the Ministry of Public Enlightenment and Propaganda. That's right. And Adolf Hitler, Adolf Hitler said this. The art of propaganda lies in understanding the emotional ideas of the great masses. And so, you know, as I began to think about this from a biblical light um, and where we are right now in our society, I, in my lifetime, I'm 56. I never remember uh, being being in a situation or scenario, and at least in the political and cultural realm, where I felt like there was such massive propaganda going on, um, trying to manipulate the way that people thought, not towards truth, but towards their ideas, which I believe are false and are destructive, which brings us then back to, so why should we be concerned about this word and what's going on in a biblical context? And my first thought came, you know, the first propaganda began in the garden when Satan came to Eve and tried to convince her something different than what was true. And he began to raise questions. Um, did, did God really say that, Eve? That's not what he meant, you know? And so he began to deceive. And really, ultimately, propaganda in a negative sense, and that's primarily how we, how we view it in most contexts, is to bring about what through the end justifies the means, right? And so it doesn't matter whether you lie, deceive, manipulate, but you're trying to convince people, a person, or particularly large groups of people to believe a certain way, and you play on their emotions. And so Hitler hit on something in that if you understand the emotional ideas of the great masses, then that's where the, the root is to try to convince them of something. You play upon their emotions because at large, we are an emotional people. And when we're not controlled by truth, then we end up out in left field and walking down a road that leads to destruction. Hmm. Well, Lane, um, you're obviously connecting this to current messaging that we're receiving, whether it's from 
um, our government, it's through media, it's through social media. Um, and I think there can be a, different aspects of this even related to the church. In other words, there can even be propaganda in the church, which I hope we can touch on later here in the podcast. However, what are you seeing? Like when you, you're saying you're, you're hearing lies, like where, what, what is it? They're playing on our emotions. What, what examples do you have in America today? Well, let me just, again, let me go back to a definition to answer your question. As you look in various dictionaries, propaganda says information ideas are rumors deliberately spread widely to help or, or harm a person or a group or a movement or an institution or a nation or a political party or whatever it may be. The, the deliberate spreading of such information and rumors in order to bring about uh, purposes. And again, the end result of propaganda, right, is to convince people to believe something and then to act upon it accordingly. Um, boy, where do you start and where we have been in the last two or three years uh, with the whole COVID thing? And I mean, look at how everybody got on board with wearing masks, even though, you know, and again, I, I realize that even now this is somewhat of a uh, attention on whether or not we should wear masks or not. But for the most part, even the scientific community is finally coming around, at least publicly, and saying, you know what, they really, you know, weren't that good and didn't do that much, et cetera, et cetera. But I still see people wearing masks around. And I, wa I want to ask them, I said, Me too. Have, you, have you read any of the reports? Have you looked at any of the studies? I'm trying to figure out why you're going around breathing your own CO2 back in, uh, which always seems unhealthy uh, to me. And yet look at at the millions, tens and hundreds of millions of people that did that because we were basically propagandized uh, into believing that. Just think of, just, right, just think of the last two and a half years or so, um, if we had not wear ma worn masks, life would have been, it, I, I think how it summarizes is this narrative of fear, which again, you said propaganda is based on emotion. But the mask perpetuated this fear narrative. And uh, like you said, uh, Lane, I've seen things, not the entire two and a half years, but almost the entire two and a half years, that show that masks do not do, or they're not effective in the ways that was being pushed out there through the media. Right. And you could, and again, I know that by even saying these things, Demetrius, some people are going to disagree. And so my point is not to get caught up because these are, in my estimation, are not deeply spiritual. We're talking about masks or even the vaccination. I have particular convictions, and so does my family, about the vaccination, such as you do. But the point is that I'm trying to make is look at how information was used in order to manipulate the masses of people to do to act, ultimately act upon something. And you know, 50% or more of the of the um, population of America acted upon. Uh, mask more more than fifty percent, a lot more than fifty percent. But when it comes to even the the vaccine quote uh, for COVID, um, I, I think probably more than fifty percent had some type of shot or whatever. And we just never, our family never felt comfortable with it because of all the contradictory things that we were reading within some scientific community with that. And at this point, as more and more information comes out, I'm very glad that we personally didn't. I don't have a problem with people that did if that's their conviction, but I want that conviction to do or not to do something be based upon as many facts and truth as much as we can discern, not just because somebody said it and we were driven to do it emotionally, which is what propaganda does. 
um, with that. In fact, an, another part of defining it is the dissemination of information, facts, arguments, rumors, half-truths, or lies to influence public opinion. It is more or less systematic effort to manipulate other people's beliefs, attitudes, or actions. So you start words like that, immediately, there are all kinds of scriptures that begin to come to mind, right? When we're talking about half-truths or lies and manipulating, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that is so much the evil one, right? In John 8, we see that Jesus confronted the Pharisees there and said, you're always of your father, the devil, because he's the father, you lie, and you do so because he is the father of lies, right? And that's why I go back even to the garden when he began to try to manipulate with half-truths of what God had said to Eve. There is nothing different going on, on now, except we're not just dealing with one or two people in the garden. We're dealing with millions and millions of people that are being fed half-truths and even outright lies uh, in such systematic ways that people begin to embrace it. For example, I think if you did some surveys of the younger generation within the church context on how many embrace such things as, do you think it's okay or acceptable to live with uh, someone before you actually get married? Or do you believe that the LGBTYABCD, whatever kind of thing is, is uh, understandable or acceptable and that gay rights or homosexual tendencies or trans transgenderism, which is the big thing right in today in our present generation, along with a bunch of other things. The younger generation, even Dave, even in the church, a huge percentage of those embrace that as okay as a, and acceptable. How in the world can anybody be a believer and embrace things that God calls an abomination uh, and that he hates? And that's why we have got to be aware of the influence of propaganda, even on the church. Right. Um, what's happening in broader culture will seep its way into the hearts and minds of people that come to church. And if we're not addressing this within the body of Christ, we are going to start to get sucked into all kinds of various things. I, I, I do want to circle back just to give a, a personal specific example of propaganda related to the vaccine. Um, and then we can move on to other things. But as you were talking about the vaccine, I, I couldn't help but to think of this, that uh, uh, my wife and I, we have the free version of Spotify, and so we have commercials. And we were being bombarded right after the vaccine came out that the vaccine is safe and effective. Now, it could be, could have been safe and effective, but like you highlighted, Lane, there's all kinds of scientific uh, data that would contradict that, that narrative. Um, but getting back to just is it propaganda or not, I knew right away that it was propaganda coming to me through Spotify. And how did I know that? Because... And first, they called it Operation Warp Speed, which means they uh, they dismissed many of the typical protocols and, and uh, how, how this ha would have to be studied, analyzed, tested, and so forth. And they suddenly started to inject people without any data on this. And they said, specifically, the scientists said it takes five years at least to know if anything is safe. Well, we had yeah. zero years. We had a few weeks at best. The long and the short of it is, 
I knew right away something's up here. You cannot be blasting out, not only through Spotify, of course, but commercials everywhere, that this is safe and effective when you, the scientists said you have to have at least five years, and there's data that shows you have to have at least that length of time, if not longer. And so the people suddenly jumped on this bandwagon playing off of emotions, meaning if you don't get this vaccine, you could die. Talk about an emotional narrative that's going to stir us up. That, but, but just pulling back from the whole narrative, the emotions, who's going to die, is everybody dying, all this stuff, and just looking, can you legitimately say, based on truth— based on everything we know about the principles of rolling out vaccines, can you say in the first year that it's absolutely for sure safe and effective? Well, the answer scientifically is no, you cannot. So immediately I knew that we were, uh, and it was happening on such a broad scale, obviously, in our nation and, and other nations as well, that I knew that this was propaganda. Yeah, and, you know, Dave, you remember me talking, but my father died within 48 hours after taking a booster shot, which his doctor had told him, Ron, don't don't take another shot. He had taken a first one. He said, do not take another one. More and more information is coming out about how it can affect your body and system. So even on his death certificate, it has a likely cause was the booster shot. But we were so propagandized, right, out of emotional fear, because look, the reaction to either I'm going to take the shot or I'm not going to take the shot was basically out of emotional fear one way or the other, right? I'm not going to take it because I fear what it might do to me, or I am going to take it because I fear what the virus might do if I don't take it, right? And so people are driven by by emotions in, in huge ways. Another article I read, along with what you just said, it fits in perfectly. It says, modern propaganda is to integrate individuals into society through the use of such devices as peer pressure and social norms. Is that not exactly what we see happening through peer pressure and social norms? Uh, if you don't get on board with this, if you don't believe this, if you don't practice this, if you don't tolerate this, if you don't agree with this, then you're outside of what social norms are and what everybody else is doing or believing, and you're the weirdo, right? And we were made to feel for a season anyway, if we didn't get the vaccine, that we didn't love people, we didn't care about people, we were ignorant, we were all these things. And, you know, the more time goes by, I think it's going to show that I think that we were probably took the wise choice, uh, the safer choice in that matter. But it's just a reminder of how quickly people can be turned and why even in the scripture, how easy it is to see in the book of Revelation, for example, how the masses of people follow false believing and teach or how they might follow an antichrist or a false prophet. Um, and the warning, you know, Jesus said that he cut the days short, even for the sake of the elect, lest they be deceived. And so propaganda is powerful and why you and I and believers must constantly be in prayer and the word in order for us to make sure that everything goes through a grid of, but what does God say, right? Even right. back to the whole and mask and stuff, you know, a lot of the reaction, the negative reaction came from people within the church body and leaders that were standing up. Not, a lot of them didn't, but that's where some, a lot of the reaction did come negatively. And I'm grateful for it. They said, you know what? We're controlled more by Hebrews that says, do not forsake the assembling together uh, than the government saying, you can't meet for weeks. 
Um, you know, even to the risk of our own health, if this turns out that we get sick and we die, um, or that that happens within our congregation, we are not going to forsake the assembling together. Uh, and so, and I realize that there's quote legitimate arguments. If if the pandemic really was as bad as people, you know, as we were being said that it was uh, from the from the leaders that be then, you know, there would have been things that we would have had to take into consideration, but it never seemed to be quite that bad. And yet look at the, look at the blow to the American church over that year and a half. Our, our church in some ways are, is still trying to recover back to the level of where we were with spiritual intensity and, and evangelism and ministry and, and togetherness of other churches. We're still not meeting with other churches doing special events, even though our own church seems to kind of be back to to normal things. But man, the impact upon even the church by embracing some things out of emotionalism is we're still reaping the consequences. Right. Um, and uh, I do want to go a little bit further down this road with the church, but before we do, I just can't help but to comment on when you're talking about peer pressure, and I, I hadn't heard it phrased quite that way. But Lane, we need to understand that people that understand the art of propaganda, and I believe that there are plenty of people, whether it's the political realm or the entertainment realm in, in America, I'm talking about, um, and other realms that do understand it. What you just said a, a few moments ago is through this peer pressure, this is a strategy of propagandists. And we need to understand this, that it, this isn't just out there, you know, um, in some communist country, or it's just not out there in history with Hitler and whoever. This is going on in America today. It seems like if you stop and analyze this, uh, this idea of propaganda um, is being used, it's being pushed, uh, people, uh, the masses can easily be manipulated. And so um, when I look back on that, there's a, a very specific example that uh, that's related again um, uh, to to the vaccine and and it's okay it again propaganda you repeat things often enough until people believe it's true and we've heard yeah. that with the safe and effective mantra that that just uh, referred to here a few minutes ago but also um, there there's also with the the whole this whole area of the vaccine they never really answered this question they just kept repeating that you're a grandma killer you don't care about your kids or grandkids or whoever you others at school or work you don't care about them if you don't take the vaccine but they never really answered this and that is as one person put it how does me putting on sunscreen how does that stop you from getting sunburn great question <laughs> and honestly the media, the government, the, the, the politicians, the, uh, Dr. Fauci, nobody ever answered that question. They just kept saying, you got to get the vaccine. You got to get the vaccine. Everybody's going to die. If you don't get the vaccine, you're going to die. And it's like, wait a second here. How does me putting on sunscreen stop you from being sunburned? It was never answered. That, and So again, if you just will stop for a moment and analyze this, clearly there's propaganda going on just by how you weren't allowed even to make that statement that I just made. I'm glad things have really diffused here over the last many, many months, and now we can actually have these conversations, because for a long time, you couldn't even bring up that point. It's like, no, 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 just quit talking to me. you got to get the vaccine now. Well, actually, yeah. actually, maybe I 
don't, and maybe it should not be mandated on anybody. And Dave, all, all that you're talking about and everything we've been through, especially in the last two or three years, has been a reminder to me about the foresight that our founders had by putting in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights and stuff, that a freedom of speech. Um, because we're a unique nation that doesn't just have to hear, quote, state media or a dictator tell us the way we're supposed to think. We are, and this isn't always a good thing, but it is from the perspective of we are independent thinkers and should have conversations and dialogue about subject matters. And that historically has been where our nation has been. But in the last few years, especially the last three years, there has been such a clear turn, and you wonder then what's around the corner spiritually uh, for us and the church and the nation. Um, but there is, you know, the whole thing of censorship, right? It It is, we don't want to hear your opinion and we disagree with your Somebody is deciding on what the truth is, right? And so that these people are kicked off of Twitter or Facebook or their accounts are shut down or whatever it may be. And the censorship is such a dangerous thing because that allows propaganda to go forth without there being any counter argument made. And as you were just pointing out, arguments and discussions are not really being had in the public realm anymore. We're just told what to believe and think. And if you believe something differently, then you need to be quiet. And if you're not quiet, then we're going to cut you off where you don't have a microphone. Americans have never functioned that way in the past, but I think we need to all put our big point, big boy pants on right now, be adults, and say and own it. In America, what you just described, Lane, it is how we're functioning. We are in a radical departure from the freedoms of speech and other freedoms that America has always functioned within, even warts and all. You didn't have to go along with the narrative, the propaganda, um, like we we are told to today. This is this is radical, and if we don't think it's affecting the church, we are deceiving ourselves. Absolutely. So, Lane, let's transition into the church realm here. I believe that there's um, propaganda within the church. We we actually engender this kind of stuff ourselves. Um, and so this is, uh, obviously, it's very important that we're aware of everything that's going on, truth versus false narratives, whether it's COVID, whether it's uh, other things that affect us nationally, because it does affect the Church. But within the Church, there's topics that we're not addressing or we're on the wrong side of, so we promote uh, propaganda ourselves uh, within the Church. And okay, just for an example, um, and then we'll have to wrap up here in a few minutes— but uh, so I'm talking to this pastor recently, and he had a non-Christian come to him to talk to him about God's perspective on sexuality. And he had already talked to two other pastors within this community uh, who are part of what historically have been considered 
Bible-believing, conservative churches. And when this non-Christian went to them and asked him about uh, sleeping with his girlfriend uh, before marriage or just living together, two pastors in this community—now, again, these are historically what we would call right-on churches—said, in light of the culture we live in today, that it would be acceptable for you to be sexually active with your girlfriend before marriage. And so this guy then comes to my friend, who's a pastor, and this guy laid out in the scriptures that uh, that God calls sex before marriage fornication, and then if you are in a marriage and you have sex with somebody else, that would be adultery, and explain this to this non-Christian. And the non-Christian looked at him and said, I'm not uh, a believer in Christ, I'm not a follower of Christ yet, but I know that you told me the truth. I just heard this story last week. Unbelievable. So now we have potentially pastors, churches, people within the church, because we've refused to teach on biblical sexuality. We've also refused largely within the church to teach on LGBTQ issues, that now we, because we refuse to do it, and then now in this case, even affirm the other side, now we in the church are bringing propaganda, which brings confusion right within our own churches and the broader community, like with this guy who's not even in a, in a church community. And it just grieves my heart that we concoct things within the church that's actually, I would call it church propaganda. Yeah, and again, Dave, there's nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, Paul was addressing these issues in the New Testament, the Corinthian church and other places. We see things that make me want to pull my hair out. You know, that was 2,000 years ago, um, and it's been going on ever since. And so this this aspect of propaganda, false belief systems, is certainly nothing new. Uh, but I do believe that the propaganda that has happened in our society, which used to be somewhat supportive uh, in society of biblical Christianity, is not anymore. And so to whatever degree pastors or ministers or church members are being um, desensitized to truth by a love for the world and by all the disinformation that they get from the world— has come into the church and caused many to believe false systems and to not have a biblical worldview, whether it's about sexuality or a dozen other things. And it's extremely dangerous to the future of the church here. Right. And so um, let's let's be mindful that, yes, there can be pr- propaganda from without uh, the church walls that tries to seep in. But also, there can be stuff right within us that's not based on truth, and that we're pushing a narrative, or we're emotionally driven within the church, rather than following uh, the Word of God, which is the Word of truth, and the Spirit of God, who Jesus called the Spirit of truth. If there was ever a time in America, in the church, where we have got to be focused on the truth so we can discern all these confusing narratives and, and so forth, it's right now. Absolutely, Dave. And again, that comes back to being in the Word of God and letting it transform our minds. Um, Otherwise, as the Scripture constantly confronts people, men do what is right in their own eyes. And any of us, you and I included, left to ourselves without the influence of the ongoing Word of God in our lives, 
we would come to some wrong conclusions and promote those. And then we would be negative propagandists also against truth. Right. And, you know, it's important to remember all kinds of passages. I'm so glad that you started today bringing up uh, uh, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and that deception with propaganda there as well as uh, the other passages that you highlighted. I think it's very important within the Church that we also spend some time in Isaiah 59, that we understand that as people give them over themselves over to lies, propaganda, etc., and those deceptions, that in Isaiah 59 it explains that this is happening because the nation itself is rebelling against God. Let's look at America clearly rebelling against God, and then it says that you in Isaiah 59 that you're groping in darkness. That there's falsehoods. It identifies it, it identifies lies. It explains that because. At the beginning of that chapter, that God's arm is not too short to save. However, the chapter goes on to say that God is not saving you as a nation because of of how you have departed from him. You've rebelled against him. That opens the doorway for lies, deceptions to come in, what we're talking about today, propaganda. And then you find yourself, as it says in that chapter, groping in darkness. And that's where I believe America is at. Yes. And I'm going to just give one other scripture. Um, earlier, I referred to Jesus' rebuke to uh, some scribes and Pharisees, for they were like their father, the devil, because the father of lies. But Jesus says something else just 10 or 12 verses before that, that probably most of our hearers are familiar with. But just in light of everything we've been talking about, think, think about this in light of that. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. Um, it is essential that we in the church continue in the word of God as disciples of Christ and be reminded that in the midst of all the propaganda, whether it's outside the church or within the church, uh, truth is what ultimately sets people free. Not me feeling good about something, not my opinion about something, not 10 other people's opinions about something. God didn't ask us our opinion on how we are to live. He gave us the truth to live by, and that's what sets us free. Even if no one around us agrees with that, we must stand tall and firm with what God has said. Absolutely. Great closing admonition. And we can't uh, uh, avoid this, especially this year. And what I want to say in closing is because we have an election upon us in November, and I shouldn't laugh, but we are going to hear so much propaganda. We got to sort it out before we go to vote. And so um, anyway, if uh, if we think we've seen a lot of uh, a propaganda over the two and a half years, Lane, I don't see it slowing down at all in general, but especially not until uh, the first week of November is over. So anyway, please, everybody, we need to sort out what is true. We need to walk in the truth on every topic, on every topic going on in culture. When we don't follow the truth, we always walk in bondages. And so thank you, Lane, again for being with me today. And we, I thank you for joining us. Uh, also, I just want to highlight in closing 
that Forerunners of America staff member Timothy Zebel wrote a book called Culture of Lies, which also can help us understand this whole area of propaganda and how it happens. And for those at YouTube, we'll put that up on the screen right now. Uh, for others, we'll make sure it's in the, the description. But Culture of Lies by Timothy Zebel can help understand, especially as this is going on from, uh, understand this from a Christian perspective, especially in the political realm uh, from uh, uh, the last few years. So thanks again for joining us. I look forward to being with you next time on Insights.